Bada boom, bada bing, party people, what is happening? And welcome to another edition of TDM, The Talking During Movies. And today, you know, I always say it's special because it is anytime anyone spends any time with me, the greatest asset we have is time. And when someone chooses to spend it with you, you gotta, you gotta hold that as special. And I really hold this as special because this is, this is something that's impacted me for years. DC Glenn tag team is here. His, if his music, if it didn't inspire you, no offense to the deaf community, but you're deaf. And you're not deaf like you just can't hear. You're like your soul's deaf because <laughs> your, your music had a way of, of getting in. I mean, I am a hillbilly crazy person from Montana, bucking mm -hmm. bales and, and trimming trees in the summertime. And your music had a massive influence on me there in the middle of nowhere mountains. DC, crazy. how's everybody doing tonight? I am happy to be here. Um, chop it up with you good people. Um, that's the story I have not heard. <laughs> I've heard a million and one stories. That's why I'm kind of stuck because I'm like, wait a minute, middle of Montana, throwing hay. And likes won't there it is. <laughs> I've heard it all now. I really have. And I mean, it I can't explain it. You know, I, I even now I'm looking at I get clips every day of people just joyful about the Geico commercial. And you know, baby's playing with his blocks, and all of a sudden that commercial comes on and he looks up and doesn't even know how to walk but he fights tooth and nail to get to that TV and he's dancing, doesn't even know what he's doing. And it's like something takes over him. And I cannot explain that even if I tried, right? And it works that way with infants all the way to the elderly. I've got, I get videos with people's parents and grandparents all there looking at it together, having a good time and I can't explain it. So for me, I know I've been blessed, but I've been blessed through the gift of hard work and a good work ethic and, you know, um, working on my intellect and trying to do the things that create opportunities so I can continue to touch the world, right? Because that's all this is, is me doing something and it affects people and that touches the world. It makes people's lives a little better. And if you can do that, you've truly got a little power, right? And not power in a sense of, you're powerful, but in the sense of you, 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 you were doing 
what is expected of you and what's your responsibility as, you know, as mankind, for me anyway. I get deep with it because I see so much of it, right? And it's just crazy how it happens like that. So I just, um, I just keep my head down, I grind, I work, I help people, and I continue to just get opportunities that take me to the next level. And right now is no different. So I'm, you know, it's my responsibility to talk to everybody and tell people the things that I've been through and my experiences and my wisdom and just have a conversation with people like I wish somebody had done when I was a young man, right? Absolutely. And that's my responsibility. That's my mission. And that's what I've been doing for a long time and I will continue to do. And if one person is helped by my words, so be it, you know, but gotten pretty good at this. Gotten real good. This has turned into something I never thought it would be. So I'm happy. It's, you know, it's, it's one of those things, especially after a year of COVID Mm -hmm. and, you know, first seeing your commercial on Geico, which kind of brought you back into a whole new generation of people. But I think more importantly than, than that commercial, and I'd like you to, uh, provide some insight on this, if you could, please, is, you know, we, we went a year really being locked down and away from people and that hug and that connection uh, was broken for, for 12 months for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yet music is one of those things that brings people together. It puts a smile on your face. It's, mm-hmm. It is that connection. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it right now. And I wonder over this past year and reflecting back on your, on your history in music and how you've brought people together and what this Geico commercial has done to inter- reintroduce you to some, to some younger fans, but also put a smile on people's face. I mean, that commercial comes on, people just smile, they connect. Mm-hmm. What does that feel like to you when you think about, man, people are still finding a piece of joy from something that you and your partner created that during one of the hardest years anybody can imagine that even in that hardship, they can play, well, there it is, they can see the Geico commercial, they can hear other songs of yours or hear you on interviews, and it brings a warmth to them that's been negligent for a year. How does that feel? Because we all have a choice, right? (laughs) Think about it. We've just survived a year of being slap dab in the Serengeti, right? It's like, we are all animals and are you gonna be predator or are you gonna be prey? And we truly are all in the same boat, right? Because it's like, it's ferocious. I mean, it it really is ferocious. Think of the things that have happened in the last year and to be able to make choices and look at the glass half full as opposed to half empty and survive and thrive. That is a testament to who you are. This was a test for everybody. This tested everybody's gangster, right? For me, pandemic was the best year of my life, right? Because two months before the pandemic, my father passed, right? And he was 82 years old and he had ailments, but he lived a good life. He left nothing unsaid, nothing undone. He taught his children. He loved his children. I have never not known love. And... The man um, passed on his 82nd birthday in his own bed, in his own house. And it was a glorious event. And for me to want anything more, I'd be greedy, right? So 
I don't, I, it's, it's, it's just crazy because it's how I look at things. It's like, to me, that was the perfect death, right? That was the perfect going home moment because he let, a, he, it's, it's what you, it's what you leave behind and how you leave is, is what's important, right? And of course I miss my father, I'm sad. You know, I, I break down sometimes, but I've learned the ability over the years to take any emotion, negative emotion, sadness, despair, envy, hate, jealousy, right? Fear, put it in my pocket and use it as fuel for later, right? And when the pandemic hit, it was a sense of relief because he didn't have to suffer through this because he would have got it because he was a stubborn old dude. And then we probably would have got it because we would have had, I would have had to been flying back and forth because he would have been sick sometimes. I would have, then we wouldn't have been able to get to the hot, like the, the, the stuff we did not have to go through because he, he, he had decided to go when he wanted to go was just a blessing to me. So the pandemic for me was, what are you going to do? You know, it made everybody stop. And, you know, a lot of people think they're hustlers, entrepreneurs, work hard, all that. But the pandemic made you really look at it. And it's like a lot of people are just sitting in their car, their truck, and they're revving the engine and they're, they think they're going, but they look outside and they're not moving anywhere because they're stuck in mud and their tires are spinning, right? And for me, it was like, what are you going to do? can't do shows, right? I'm an actor. Yeah, that's dried up. Voiceover. Yeah, voiceover. Because I can sit right here and do voiceover and be like, this Thursday on NBC, right? I could do that all day. Ah, and get paid for it, right? Yeah. So I was like, now it's time to reinvent yourself. You better reinvent yourself because everybody just had the same Eureka idea that you had that they could do voiceover. So you better be better than you have ever been at it. And I started training voiceover like 2009. And I record everything I do, acting classes, voiceover classes, seminars, all that stuff. So what I did, I went back and I organized all this stuff. And I listened to my first lessons when I used to fly to New York and fly to LA. And it was heartbreaking because I had to listen to my 10 year ago self, right? I had to listen to me have conversations 10 years. It's different if you hear yourself singing or hear a show 10 years ago or hear just little things, right? But to hear yourself actually talking and what and, and know what you're what you were thinking back then, it was heartbreaking because I thought that I could whoop there it is my way through anything. And I thought it was the coach's fault that I wasn't getting it. Right. So I'm frustrated, can't get it, don't know how, don't know why. And, but I, I didn't quit. I kept going and I started booking, started working for Apple, uh, Apple, um, Apple radio and got a bunch of knickknack gig, gigs here and there. And then got an agent in 2017. So I'm doing things right. But going back to the beginning and hearing that and hearing my first script that I read was just gut wrenching and cringeworthy because <laughs> right. And, but it was also inspirational because I'm like, I could do that so good now. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me let me do this over and take their notes, what they were trying to teach me that I couldn't understand back then, but I can now because I'm an actor and a voiceover artist. And let me see what happens. When I did that, it was angelic. 
I had finally had mastery over my voice, right? And instantly started booking because I went through 42 hour sessions and took notes and was meticulous about it for the whole month of March last year. Cause you know, think about it, we weren't doing nothing. We were thinking zombies were about to start eating people. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. you know, it, it was one of those things where I knew right at the beginning, this is the perfect time in history to reinvent yourself because I learned my lesson from 2009, the financial crisis. Everybody lost their manufacturing jobs. The job There's gonna be jobs that don't come back. So what are you gonna do, right? And I watched how people sat there and waited for things to come back the way they used to be and they never did. And they're still hurting to this day. And I said, that will never be me because I will always keep pushing. I will always keep moving forward. I will always have six hustles in the hole, right? If one goes down, you better have something else that you can say, hey, I need to do this and then get good at it quick, right? Next up, like, hey, if the star player goes down, next man up. Stars yeah. are born that way, right? So that's what I did. And then in April, I get a call from my, one of my LA coaches for acting. Hey, I'm casting this movie. Can you fly to Nebraska? I was like, yep, <laughs> got my first movie, right? I've been working, going to class every day, grinding on acting for three years and finally got booked for my first movie. And it just, it was exhilarating. And then book more voiceover. Then I got, I book, I shot my second movie in the middle of uh, Georgia, right? And called The Mediator. Then I get a Tyler Perry, I book a Tyler Perry show. And then here comes Geico, right? And it just has been a good year because I chose to look at the glass half full as opposed to look at the glass half empty. And, you know, I did things to keep my mind right. Like four or five o'clock in the morning, I wake up, throw all my weights and my bands and everything in the truck, and then go to like a parking lot of a grocery store and work out for a couple hours and wait for the grocery store to open, go in a grocery store. I'll be the only one in there, get my stuff. And then that's my, that's all I needed for the day just to get out that little bit, right? instead of being cooped up 24 seven. And then I just went back and, and I worked so hard and did so many things at that time that I am grateful for the stoppage because it allowed me to concentrate and focus on what it was I wanted to do the rest of my life, right? And that's act, voiceover and anything else. Just be, just prepare for the opportunities that come your way, right? Sure. So, and and that's what led to Geico. All everything in my life has led to something, one another. You know how they say, "Jack of all trades, master of none." Mm -hmm. well, if you live long enough, a lot of those trades, but you become masterful at them, right? When you're younger, people are like, "Why are you all? You got tentacles all out. You're never going to get anywhere that way." But as you get older and you mature and you get smarter, those tentacles end up merging into one big thing, right? And this is your power. This is your nuclear engine that fuels everything. I had to learn how to do SEO for websites. I had to learn how to copyright. I had to learn voiceover. I had to learn acting. I had to learn uh, how to make flock. Cause I worked at the clubs. I was a DJ. I've been yeah. a DJ for 30 years, but I didn't want to be a 50 year old DJ. Right. But while I was DJing, you know, I, you know, shortly, maybe like 2000, like five years at five, six years after Woomp. I'm still doing shows, but at the same time, I'm like, I gotta do something else. So I'm a licensed commodities broker, 
because I didn't want to get taken advantage of on for money again, right? So let me figure out how to be a finance, you know, financial dude, a broker, pass a series three test. Now I'm a commodities broker. I'm trading Forex, I'm trading commodities. And then I was like, I want to have a hedge fund, right? I don't know nothing about a hedge fund, but because of who I am, I can call hedge fund managers and say, hey, I want to have a meeting because I'm about to start a hedge fund and I've got, I know everybody. I can get you rappers. I can get you the, 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 the sports guys. I can get you business people. I get you Dominique Wilkins, Deion Sanders. I got all, those are my people, right? Yeah. So now I'm in the boardroom with my fans because everybody who kind of grew up with Wound There It Is is now in positions of power. And I go in not knowing what a hedge fund is, how it functions or anything. But this is what I do when I get stuck and want to learn something. I'll go in and I'll be like, hey, why should I let you run my hedge fund? I'm like, well, DCs, don't, because we can do this, 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 and this. And if we do this and this and this and this and this, we can do this. And I'm like, yeah, but how does that really, you're not, you're not convincing me. And then they just go even harder. <laughs> and the beauty of it is that I'm making them pitch me while they're teaching me. Sure. Right? And I go to New York, Vegas, LA, and San Francisco. Now I know what a hedge fund does and what a hedge fund manager is and how it functions and how it works and what it does. And I, I, I realized it wasn't for me because it's like intellectual gambling and I can't stand gambling. I, I can't gamble for nothing. I go to <laughs> Vegas for the food, right? So I knew that wasn't for me, but the byproduct of that was that I got a financial education. So now I know what to do with my money sometimes and I can go the slow route. I can go to a financial planner and we can, you know, and just hear what they got to say and just say, you know, I, I went went to one and they were like, this is what we want to do. We want to just put together a bunch of little buckets, SEP IRA, Roth IRAs, uh, mutual funds, some stock. You know what I mean? Just all these little instruments that grow. Fill these little buckets up with a little money every month. You think that doesn't do anything, but after a year, you're like, whoa, right? Because your money's growing. Absolutely. And I've been doing that ever since. And that's been my way of just surviving and withstanding blows that happen to your life, right? And now I'm better for it. And then you just, I keep going. I fast forward. I said, I'm, I gotta do something else. So I was into this big self-help thing, reading all the books, going to all the seminars, Anthony Robert, the whole thing. But there was this one book about this guy who wanted to run a pie shop. And he was like, I, had to, I gotta go work at a pie shop. So he started as a bus boy, learned how everything about a pie shop and then quit, started his own pie uh, chain and made it into a million dollar business and sold it, right? And he called it getting in the corridor. Like, I'm not just a DJ, right? I am your light tech. I am your sound guy. I am your television ad person. I am your radio, I cut your radio spots. I'm the voice for your radio spots. I'm the voice for your TV ads. I do the video editing for your, your TV ads. I do. I'm your marketing manager, right? I, I do so many things that I have seven streams of income in one place. I've made myself invaluable, right? And not only have I made myself invaluable, you now pay me not to go nowhere else because you know what I can take to everybody else and you would lose that. Or you don't wanna share it as a business owner. 
Sure. Right. So that's how I learned how to do all these things, the flyers and Photoshop and just got masterful at all of them. And they all helped me in business. Right. Mm -hmm. And as I went along, anything I wanted to do, I could accomplish because I could do the writing. I could do the website. I could do this. I could do that. And it was, it's worked, but my parents had me working when I was five years old, cutting lawns and shoveling snow. And like, Hey, if we had, Hey, I'd be bailing. Hey, right. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me this, you do not fear work. Do you? No, no, man. I love it. You, you don't fear it. work at all because it was embedded in you. Right. You knew. And then what my parents did, they, they put reward and consequences with mm -hmm. that. So I, I'll pay you, I'll pay you allowance. Cool. But if you don't clean your room, I'm still gonna give you allowance, but I'm gonna hit you where it hurt. You can't go play with your friends. Yeah. Right. They hit you where it hurts. You, you, you think you can withstand that pain, but you can't and you never do it again. Oh yeah. I do. I do mystery. I just tell huh? my daughter, I'd look at her and I go, all right, I'm going to take something. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not telling you. But one day you're going to reach for it and it's not going to be there. It won't be there. Yep. And she's just like, but it could be, I'm like, it could be candy. It could be your yep. iPad. It could be mm -hmm. TV. I'm not going to tell you. Just know that if you, when you break the rules, yep. there's consequences. Simple. You could do that and don't even have to whoop your kids. No. <laughs> if you do I, that, I, but see, people don't. Yeah, it's funny because I have this theory. I'd like to run this by you. No, no, yeah, yeah. So I have a daughter. Mm -hmm. So my thing is, is I don't want to spank her yeah. because I don't want to be a man hitting a, a, a young woman hey. saying, I'm doing this because I love you. And then she gets hey. into a relationship and she's 25 and some guy hits her and says, yeah, but I love you. Hey. I can't mentally in my mind, those yeah. are quite, now there've been people who've told me, no, 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 you're crazy. And that's fine. I'll mm -hmm. go with crazy versus my daughter being okay, getting hit by my, by yeah. a man. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, my wife wants to spank. That's fine with me. Um. Yeah, knock yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> but you've come up with, but see, you, you, you did something that I do every day. You learned how to learn. There's several, there's so many different ways to do things. And because you work so hard in your youth, right? And you understand what work does and what, what work is, right? You are able to come up with different scenarios where you could, you know, not train, but you could, you could uh, prepare your daughter for life, right? Mm -hmm. And now you're preparing your daughter for life because she knows that if I bust my ass and just stay disciplined, things are gonna happen for me. And that's, you know, I'm eight years old and I got a paper out, right? You know, the, the, the transition happened when we had a blizzard in Denver, because I'm from Denver and we the only family had a snowblower. And I was like, hurry up and knock this out. We knocked out our, and was like, you know what? Mr. Grant struggling over there. Let me go do his snow. Did his driveway, did the next job. We did the whole block, me and my brother. Nice. Didn't charge anybody, right? For the next two weeks, people were like, hey, come here. Man, I appreciate y'all doing my snow. It's $30. What? Wow. Oh, I can get paid. That's when it changed. That's when I got a paper route. That's when I started hustling. I was cutting lawns. I was cutting hedges. I was taking trash out. I was doing leaves around every yard. So if you're like, you need me to do your leaves, I got you. Mm -hmm. And I just worked 
Because what else you gonna do? You gonna play or you gonna work? Then my friends walk, you sit around looking at me laughing, but I'm working and making money while you're sitting around laughing at me. Keep True. on laughing. How that's much? another way of taking that. That's another way of taking people's negative energy and turning it to, to your fuel because I'm like, you so stupid. You watching me work and get money, but you choose to laugh at me. That's how just stupid is that? But also that's, you know, how much of that is your dad instilling or your dad and your mom instilling in you? It's all or, or was that innate to you? It was, it was, it was all, it was all, it was all them. Okay. But I've been gifted with thinking differently all my life, right? Now I've made a lot of mistakes for sure. But as time has gone on, I have learned the ability to flip everything, right? Perfect example, I love being wrong, right? Because Absolutely. being wrong is the path to being right. 100%. You have to flip things, right? So everything I try, everything I do, I try to flip and just reverse it in a positive way. And that's how things become my fuel. Right. If somebody, if I'm going to argue with somebody, I'm arguing with them tooth and nail and I'll let them, I'll, but I'll make sure I'm listening. Right. And okay, you can win. But I listen to what they said. And even if it, even though it was stupid, dumb, ignorant, I might've got something out of that. Absolutely. I learned what not to do, learn not how to be that you don't have to win every argument because the minute you say you're wrong, I'm good, I'll do better, you've grown. And they're still stuck in their own dumb stuff, right? And that's how I live my life, man. And sometimes it's been hard. Sometimes my hubris gets, you know, takes control because I've been a DJ all my life. I've worked in strip clubs. I've worked, I've, I've been, I've had fun, right? I've had fun, <laughs> but I have had to, I, my, I, I credit my father with knowing when to talk to me, right? And he told me when, you know, Womb started, he said, I'm proud of you. And he said, I just wanna tell you one thing. He said, have your fun, but this is gonna end, right? And when it does, make sure you don't chase it. How did he know that? Because he walked, he used to tell me all the time. He told me all the time as he was a kid. He was like, "Yep, all my friends and all my buddies had Cadillacs, and they had this and they had that, and I just kept my head down and went to school." And then we always talked to him about they had this, and now who got the Cadillacs, right? Because he just loved Cadillacs, so he had like two, three Cadillacs, right? And his friends was all broke because they balled out when they were young, and then when they got older they had no discipline and they were still chasing what they had when they're just like the high school jock that just stays in his hometown and then ends up working at the hardware store. He was chasing that dream. He keeps chasing what he had and then it destroys him, right? Because he didn't have the foresight to, to, to move on mm -hmm. and keep pushing, right? And I learned that from my father and the club because I would watch, I was in Atlanta in the early, you know, the late eighties, early nineties. That's when Atlanta became Renaissance and music, right? So Bobby Brown, yep. uh, LA and Babyface, they're all coming now. Atlanta's a music scene and I'm at the number one club and I know everybody. So, so now I'm watching all these artists rise and fall. And when they rise, they treat people certain ways. They act like stars. Mm -hmm. And when they fall, I watch 
um, I watched their nemesis and the people that they treated bad just revel in their demise. And I vowed that that would never happen to me. I will always be the same and always have been. I've always been approachable. Even now, I can go into a crowded place and nobody knows that I did the Geico commercial because of how I carry myself. Because I don't want to be a star. I never have. I don't care about the fame. I, now, there are times when I want to be and I know how to turn it on, right? But that's rare. That's that's I use tag team to get in the boardrooms. When I need to use it, I'll use it. Sure. But for sure. the most part, I never use it. And it's crazy because the acting world doesn't even know I did tag team. And the the rap world doesn't even know I act. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah. I don't carry myself like that. I'm not doing things that say, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm doing things that say, how can I help you get to where you think I am or you think I was? Mm -hmm. You need help? You need help? I'm too busy trying to help people. So I don't, I, I just despise stardoms. So we, you never know who I am. Even if you see me every day, you're not going to know I'm the dude. I think, and, and then it's been even better because we, everybody's like, man, somebody loaded shoes. I'm like, nope. Know why? Because we're all wearing masks. You know what I'm saying? Nobody knows. It's it's, like it. it's crazy. You know, you remind me of I've, I've, I've had the privilege to um to spend some time with some talented people mm -hmm. throughout my years. Uh, the first talented person that was recognizable that I remember I met in uh, Big Fork, Montana, was John Lithgow, yeah. Harry and the Hendersons, and Third mm -hmm. Rock from the Sun, and Great actor. Great actor. Very nice man. Very humble like yourself. Mm -hmm. Very approachable. The guy's 6'6". Six, six. I mean, he walks into a room, people kind of, they're like, that's John Lithgow. But I was on a plane flying back from LA, flying from LA to Montana. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting in coach and I'm 6'3 and 240 pounds. I'm mm -hmm. crunched up, you know, all hunched over and I hear this whispering. And, you know, I finally look, I'm like, what is, you know, I'm trying to sleep. I'm like, what's going on? Like, oh, there's an actor on the plane. And I was like, great. I'm going back to sleep. Walks down the aisle. I feel a tap on my shoulder. I thought it was the stewardess, you know, my, my legs out of the way or something. And uh, I look and it's John. And he goes, yeah. Jason, right? And I'm like, yes, sir. He goes, come on, come back to the plane. Let's talk. I go to the back of the plane, chatted up with him. Plane lands in, in, in Glacier International Airport. I, you know, it's Thanksgiving weekend, college. Place is jumping. My mom's there. All of a sudden, he walks, he gets off the plane first. He walks through the sea of people at baggage claim. Walks up to me and he goes, hey, have a good holiday season. Mm -hmm. My mom, who's that? Why, why are strangers talking to you all the time? You just, you know, you just talk to too many people. You need, you know, <laughs> just get an earful from mom, right? The queen protector. Yeah. And I go, mom, that's your, one of your favorite actors. That's the guy from Harry and the Hendersons. You know, and now we got to go back. We got to, we got to get his autograph. I'm like, no, 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 mom. We don't ask people's autographs. Don't get their picture. Treat them like people. They're, it's okay. But he was the nicest man. Vanessa Marcel from Las Vegas. Yeah. I met her at a golf tournament. We became friends. To this day, we still text and talk. She sends yeah. my kid tooth fairy money. Yeah. But I also, I don't go, there's, this is my friend Vanessa, the actress. Or this, you know, this is like, hey, this is my friend Vanessa. This is, because that's how she wants to be. And that's you know, how it has to be, man. It, and it's it's, it's beautiful to see, but it's, I've got to wonder at what point do you do a Tony Robbins gig and grab these other actors that think that they have to have a 
hype person and they've got to have an entourage of publicists in front of them and they got to have this, that, and the other. Is there a party that wants to take them aside and go, hey, you guys, it's okay to calm it down. It's okay to not nah. have a spotlight on. Nah. Okay. You know why? Because all I can control is what I do. Yeah. Control what they do. All I could do is what I could, I like to, all I have any power over is what I do. Mm -hmm. And all the only choice I have is the choices that I make. Like you said, publicists and PR. Well, I knew when we did this Geico commercial, we were not going to be doing shows, right? <laughs> and that's the holy grail of that, right? Salt and Pepper did theirs in 2014. They didn't look back till the pandemic. They were on tour that long, four years, actually six years. And we don't get, we're not privileged to that, right? But I said to myself, I am not going to let this opportunity pass me by and just be happy I got a Geico commercial. I'm going to take these lemons, make me a good lemonade corporation, franchise it, sell it for $10 billion, right? That's how I'm mm -hmm. thinking. So I'm like, I got to get me a publicist because I'm going to blow up acting and voiceover. And I start, I got, I'm having meetings with publicists and they're like, we can't really do anything because we're in a pandemic because usually they do junkets where you go and then they answer questions in person. They hadn't adapted to the whole Zoom thing. They hadn't adapted their whole game plan to meet the pandemic response that people needed entertainment and people needed their stars to talk to them and make them feel good and all that. So I was like, okay, cool. Thank you. I appreciate you not spending my money for nothing. Right. And yeah. Two days later, whenever I get stuck on anything, I go join an organization. Organizations are filled with professionals who have been, you know, masterful in their careers, 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And they know it better than anybody because they're all in the organizations and they compare notes. So I went and joined the um, um, press release. I always think the press PRSA? release. PRSA? Joined the uh, public relations. Society yes. of America, yep. PRSA. And two days in, I'm on a Zoom with a CEO of a PR firm. And I've been preparing, you know, September, October, November. And I asked them, are press releases, you know, valid? Because I already got this press release done, but I held on to it. I wanted to drop it at the right time. And they're like, well, what's it for? And I'm like, well, I'm featured in a Geico commercial called Scoop. There it is. Hold on, hold on. Well, I, I lost your, I lost your audio. You got me. No, I got you now. Yeah. So, um, I'm looking at the chat, and the chat's like, "Wait a minute. I love that commercial. That's the best commercial ever. My kids love." It. I mean, it just, the chat blew up, mm -hmm. and the moderator's looking like, "I'd like to welcome DC to the organization, Georgia chapter." Uh, we're going to talk about that Geico commercial afterward, but back to our guests. Is it, re is it relevant? You know, this age, because we've all wondered that because, you know, some certain companies, you think a press release, you put a press release out, nothing happens. And she was like, heck yeah, it's relevant. Because think about it. The whole last year has been COVID, doom and gloom. Everybody's used up all their content. You can only watch so much Netflix. So for you to have something like this commercial, which is a feel-good story, and do a press release about it, you should do well. And also, you need to do this to get in front of the journalists, this to get in front of all the podcasters, this to get in front of all the TV shows, this to get in front of all the uh, blog posts, 
And then you want to make sure your pictures are like this and you want to do this, 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 and this, and then wrap it all up in a nice neat bow and then you're done. And she gave me the game in 10 minutes, all because yep. I joined the organization full of professionals that have been doing it 10, 20, 30 years that were that want to talk to me and teach me and tell me how to do it right. And I have not looked back and it is the reason you and I are talking right now because I thought differently, right? I didn't just take it, I just didn't, I wasn't bitter. It's like, man, we don't get to do no shows, man. Uh, I didn't, I, I, I didn't even think about it. I just did it. And now the opportunities that have come my way because of this are beyond belief because I've dropped that press release Wednesday of the Super Bowl and the Friday morning, I'm on the Dan Patrick show. Yeah, right? I saw that interview. That was great. Instantly, right? That happened because of the press release. They were like, we want you on the show. I was like, can we do it Monday? Like, nope, we need you tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, wow. And then two weeks later, Tamron Hall. And then boom, I, I was doing podcasts already just because podcasts serve as a purpose, just talking and practicing dictation, practicing your diction and your articulation and then storytelling and then just talking to people and then just coming up, you know, doing different types of podcasts so you can just deal with every scenario that people throw at you, answering hard questions. It was all practice, but I just did it, right? I didn't think about it, I just did it. And see what happens is people will do things on a quit pro quo basis. And there is no quit pro quo. Yeah. You can't be like, if I do this, this has to happen. You don't plant a seed and then sit down and cross your legs and be like, grow seed, come on seed, I need the seed to grow. If this seed doesn't, this is a terrible seed, I quit. <laughs> that's how, but but you understand the analogy, that's how people are. They're like, if I do this, I want this to happen today, right? There is no, it's not even realistic. It's not practical, it's not anything. You do it, you plant the seed and you go, right? Because that seed needs the space. And you plant, you just keep going. You play offense. You don't yeah. look back. You go, right? And all of a sudden, you find yourself planting hundreds and thousands of seeds throughout your life. And because of the just great placement that I planted seeds that I forgot about, today I'm standing in a forest of opportunity, right? Oh, I love that. I love that right? analogy. I'm standing in a forest of opportunity because all those seeds grew in the redwoods, I don't know when they grew. They could have grew 10 years ago. They could have grew two weeks ago. They could have grew last, uh, yesterday. They could have grew three years ago, but they all grew because I didn't worry about it, right? Mm -hmm. And now they all intertwine with each other and they all help each other and it becomes one thing. So whatever I do, there, there, there are things that, can, that, that are gonna help me succeed because I planted all those seeds back in the day, because I, I put in the work, because I did more than everybody else, because I thought differently, because I chose to be positive, because I chose to take that fear and all that and use it as fuel, right? We all have a choice. We all have a choice. And the reason I, you know, perfect example, you laying in the bed, it's like, man, I need to go to the gym today. It's like, man, I don't wanna go to the gym today. But you need to go to the gym. And now you're you're fighting with your saboteur that's on your shoulder. It's like, man, don't go, man. You're like, I gotta go. So you just get up. And this is how I do it. I do it in pieces. But I get up, just sit up, put your socks on, put your put, put your put your pants on, put your shoes on. All right, wash your face. All right, okay. 
Yeah. And you're like, man, we don't need to do that. Let's cook, cook an omelet. No, no. We about to go to the gym. Grab your keys. Grab your wallet. Get out of that door. Right. Yep. It's like, man, we don't got to do that, man. We can go. We can go do this. And it's like, nope. Get to the truck. And next thing you know, you're at the gym. Then you're at the gym and you're inside the gym and your saboteur is still saying, man, we ain't going. All right, man, we just going to do a little bit. And then we out of here and go, go eat some Wendy's. OK, whatever. And then all of a sudden your saboteur is not there anymore because you're in the gym working out. You've worked out for an hour and then you come back and you're sitting in your car. And. Something beautiful happens, you say to yourself, damn, I'm glad I went to the gym. Everybody does it right. Oh, I you mean, couldn't stand, you could you didn't want to go, but you did it anyway. You did it anyway. You do that the push, man, that push, push. That, that nudge, that thing. It's, it's funny, you know, I used to. I used to get upset because I wasn't the one track person. Like I remember I used to get calls. People would be like, hey, you know what? We just wanted to call you and let you know we're not going to hire you for this job mm -hmm. because your background's too eclectic. It's too different. You got, you, you've done too many things. It doesn't seem like you can settle. But I was like yourself. I wanted to have 900 things going on because I don't know what's going to happen. I had I'd grown up poor. I'd had too many things taken away from me. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't figured out how to articulate the story around it being taken away. Instead, I was just angry, right? I was, yeah. I was mad because it's like, oh, well, we worked hard on this project. And it was just, it's gone. Yeah. So I, was, I was frustrated and I didn't. And then I figured out how to tell stories and make it fun. Like I remember we went to this guy, I won't mention the beverage company, but largest beer company in the world. We met their marketing team and they were talking about being recognized. And I said, there is not a person alive who doesn't recognize your god awful light beer. It's one of the two beers you make that have survived. Everything else you've made is turned to hot garbage. But yeah. this piece of, and the guy's like, hey man, don't call our product garbage. I'm like, if you think any of these light beers, Bud Miller or Coors is gonna win an award, you're crazy. It's disgusting. It's just, it is what it is. I know people like it because it's easy. So, so it's not a recognition problem. It's an adoption problem. It's a theft problem. And what you haven't realized is your company's bought 20 microbrews in the last six months, but you don't know how to pair them with food. You don't know how to still get that inside piece. So I give them this whole thing about food trucks and bring a friend, like if you were my friend and I liked that light beer, but you liked Sierra Nevada, we'd come together. You'd bring an unopened Sierra Nevada and they would look and go, ooh, in the pairing chart, our company X is kind of like this. So I give you this yeah. you free burger. They go, we're gonna meet you guys in one hour at this restaurant. We're going to sign a contract. We want to do this. Hour goes by. I'm looking at my watch. Two hours go by. Three. I look at my business partner. I go, we got to go. They're not coming. Six months later, get a call. Guy forgets that he took the idea from us. The best experiential marketing campaign they had ever done in the state of Texas. They did with the highest return of, re of winning over customers. And my business partner was furious. Mm -hmm. And at first I was a little upset. I don't like think my ideas getting taken, especially when they're not done the way I want them done. Cause like you, I like to think differently and just do mm -hmm. things different, but I still want to learn and I still want to make mistakes so that I keep learning because my brain isn't in school. One plus one is two. I'm like, great. One plus one is two, but what's a hundred divided by seven plus a thousand. Like let's, yeah. let's get there. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but you know what? This is gonna make a fun story. It's gonna make mm -hmm. a real fun story because it is the idea you got to teach your point, man. You got to spin. And as a yeah. DJ, you manipulated music. 
-hmm. you manipulated people's hearts and minds with 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 the interaction of, of of music and it seems like from my understanding is that that idea that concept of being able to know how to touch people being know how to, mm -hmm. how to relate to them and get inside them with the, the power of music it seems like you've taken that and evolved it times a thousand to where not only was it work ethic and understanding but i mean you've got a master's in psychology dc yeah <laughs> but it, it it's 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 simple you know it, it it's I, I tell people none of this is easy. All oh, this is, is 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 brutal, right? But I see you got to learn to love the challenge. First, yeah. you got to learn to love the challenge, and then you have to learn how to learn, right? That's my whole thing. Learn how to learn. There, me going to, I could have said, okay, we I can't get no publicist, man. I could have did that, but I was like, learn how to learn. Going mm -hmm. to organization, like the same thing. It was like, I went. We were always done shows. We always done the halftime shows, NBA halftime shows, NFL halftime shows, but I wanted to go on tour and I wanted to start doing more shows around 2013, 14. So I started hitting all the booking agents like, hey, we want to get on your roster, you know, DC from tag team. And he's like, well, yeah, well, you only got one song. I was like, yeah, but just what, that's a good song. Like we got a show, right? And it's like, yeah. okay, okay, you know, and they all just kind of egg me, right? And I said, I'm not gonna get mad about it. I went and joined an organization, International Entertainment Buyers Association. In the in the entertainment world, when it comes to concerts, there's a hierarchy. You have your buyers. These are the people who say, I wanna do a tour, let's do it. Then you have your venues, where we're gonna have these tours, where those, those are the stadiums and the arenas and the stockyards and all those places like that. Then you have your big boy, uh, promoters, which is Live Nation and all the groups, you know, uh, I, uh, I Heart TV, I mean, I Heart Radio and all those entities. Then you have your mom and pop booking agents, right? And those were the people telling me, well, you only got one record. And then you have your managers and you have your artists. I go to their convention, wear a big whoop, there it is, t-shirt. And I start networking. And now oh. I've cut out everybody in the middle. And now I'm talking to the buyers. And I've got my pitch. I introduced myself. I'm DC the Brain Supreme Attack. And you might have heard the song. Whoop, there it is. Yeah, I've heard of that song. Hey, man, we're, you know, we got, I got a real good, um, clean 90s nostalgia rap show that we do. And I think you might be interested. So if you want a little diversity in your uh, portfolio that you can throw at different, you know, promoters and stuff, give me a call. All of a sudden, boom, we're getting more. I'm getting calls. I'm eating lunch with people now. Now we're doing casinos. Now we're doing rodeos. Now we're doing state fairs. Now we're doing, you know, uh, stock car events. Now we're doing car shows. Now we're doing every type of entertainment out there. We even got, I even got pitched to do 30 shows for the ice capades, but she wasn't paying enough money and wanted us to be exclusive. <laughs> but just us being the ice capades, just doing whoop there is, is all they wanted was whoop there it is, right? So what everybody was saying, you only got one song, I flipped it. And now this one song show is what everybody wants. Yeah. I found the people who wanted what I wanted, right? And I found them as opposed to trying to convince people that I can do something because you, it's gonna be difficult to do that. And, and when I do that, I get what I need. And then once people meet me and we work together, then they're like, you know what? 
we call his let me call his this booking agent. Hey, we want to tag team for 15 dates. Boom. And now we're doing 30 shows a year on the strength of my hustle, on the way I think, on the way I think differently, on my tenacity, on my ability to adapt to any negative situation, flip it, put it in my pocket and use it as fuel. You are not going to tell me what I can and cannot do. You're not going to discourage me by telling me no. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. How did you? I, I understand. I understand how you think that way. And that's cool. But I know that I'm not going to let that stop me. Right? Yeah. It's not gonna let me stop. And then that's what I do every time I need to learn something. I go join an organization and it works. And then I've got other people doing it now. I got a girl that she wanted, she was struggling, was depressed, not depressed, but I can't get into, I want to be a pastry chef and I'm right there, but they won't let me get past the this and this and this. And I was like, join the organization. I typed it up real quick. I said, here, just start calling people, ask them all the questions you just asked me. Just ask them because they're going to tell you because they're the organization that does that. Yeah, They got to tell you. They build the structure. They build a structure around everything that they do. So they want members so they can get a little 125 so they can teach people and make their industry more valuable. If the industry is more valuable, they make money overall. Right. And it is, it's one of the things that I do that I've done and it's worked for me so well. And then I try to help other people, but people don't, people used to doing things their own way. They don't want to, I don't want to try not to do. They don't want to get out their comfort zone. They don't want to. They they want to do what they've been doing, and they want to struggle and not succeed and be depressed and go through that because sometimes misery loves misery, right? And oh yeah, misery loves misery. But it seems like you love being uncomfortable, which is different than misery. And I wish people knew the difference. How do you see the difference as misery? Oh man, shit's not working out. I'm mad versus uncomfortable, which is. I'm going to join an organization yeah. and I'm going to stretch myself. Yeah. And now all I'm doing is PR. I have a PR firm. I do some podcasts. People think I have a PR firm now. I'm getting emails. Can you, I got an artist. I got a this. I'm doing this junket. Can you help me do with this? I'm like, I don't really have a PR. I have a PR firm for me. I get <laughs> all the joy out of doing it for me, but I wouldn't want to do this for anybody else because everybody's different. There is yeah. no one size fits all when it comes to pre-R because you might not have something as good as I had. I got a hit commercial. There's a difference, right? So I knew I had something, but at the same time, I've turned that commercial into things. I can't even explain to you the opportunities that are in the next year. You're going to be like, he sat here and told me, and I, I can't even explain what is about to happen to me. All I can do is make sure I'm prepared for when it happens, right? So what I do is if I'm doing, because I'm working on Ellen, Kelly Clarkston, I'm working on a lot of TV shows, but I'm waiting. And when I get on these TV shows, I'm going to be throwing stuff out there. I'm going to be like, you know, because my agents came to me and were like, DC, what do you want to do? And I'm like, you guys do a great job for me. I'm happy because I'm humble. Like, nah, DC, what do you want to do? I said, I'm good, man. I'm good. It's like, DC, what is your bucket list? Like, oh, that's different. Bucket list is different. Bucket list flips your flips your thinking. What have I not done that I want to do? And when that happened, I said, for the rest of my life, 
I will train as hard as I can because I do not want to leave this earth regretting I didn't do something that I wanted to do. So I want to make music again. So I started, I found all kinds of tutors. Now I'm being tutored every week and getting back up to speed because I've always made music, always made beats, but I had stopped for 20 years because hey, I'm going back, going back to it during the pandemic. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is different. Now technology has to meet the creativity, right? Yeah. So now I got to get, I got to figure out all this and it's not, it's just about learning it. It takes time. It's not going to be good overnight, but I know I have the fundamentals because I will first and foremost be a DJ. So I just have to learn how to use, I just learned, I have to learn how to drive the car, right? I'm 16. I'm working on my learner's permit. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at right now. And once I get my license, it's on. So that's how I approach things. And when they asked me that, I was like, you know what? I want to be in the Mandalorian. I want to be in anything Star Wars, live action or animation. And they're like, okay, we'll start work. I didn't know that. See, they said they didn't know that. Now that they know that they're trying to get me on everything. I said, I don't be, I don't want to, I don't care about being the star. I said, get me five lines with the rock in a movie. I'm happy. Cause I got five lines in, with the rock in a movie, right? Simple. Yeah. You know what I mean? We shoot Marvel stuff down here. Why am I, why haven't I auditioned for Marvel movies? What's, what's up? And it just started, it just snowballed into all these things that I want. And then all these things started coming out of my mouth during interviews. Like if I do, I got a big sports illustrated interview coming up. It's like, I'm gonna be like, I want to be in the Mandalorian. I want to be in the Star Wars universe. If you hear me, John Favreau and Dave Leone, y'all need to come get me because yes. it'll be worth it, right? You throw it out in the universe, you don't expect anything back, you just throw it out there, but you never know. One of the people, one of their assistants might be like, man, did you hear DC on TV last night? He gave you a shout out. But the the wound there, the, the scoop there, that, man, my kids will not stop singing that. He said he wants to be in Star, he said he he said he's good. And I went and listened to his stuff. You might want to give him a call. Call his agent, let's just, let's, let's have a meeting. Now, that is very far-fetched, but that's how it happens. But it's not. Because what it is, is it's, it's determination and it's living it out. It's too many people, and I've worked in technology, I've helped mm -hmm. launch companies, they sit there and they go, shh, I've got this idea. Don't tell anyone. You keep everything quiet. You, you know what? You got to work your network. You got boom, boom, boom. And I tell people, I go, listen, man, you got you to gotta share. You got to be open. You got to be vulnerable. You have to embrace failure more mm -hmm. than you embrace success. Success yep. is the moment of all your failures adding up into one good win, which means you busted your ass. Good for you. Yep. Give yourself a little pound the back, get back up, get on that education. You keep it moving. You get plan offense. You're playing offense. You offense. Have you have to. Else. How does that real quick? Cause you brought this up earlier and I want to touch on this. Cause I did, I do the same thing and I, I hate it. This is the one thing I hate about doing podcasts. I re-listen to all my podcasts. Mm -hmm. So I got to hear my voice. I got to hear me ask a question that's too long. I've got, mm -hmm. but I did it because I remember hearing David Letterman used to redo all his own. He would rewatch all his own shows and then take notes on how horrible he was. Yeah. He hated every show he did. And it still to this day makes my skin crawl to hear my voice. Yeah, It just does. How did you, how was that first time hearing your voice over work? I want, I want to get back to that real quick. Cause, because I think people, they hear whoop, there it is. They hear scoop. There it is. They hear you speak. You have a, a, um, a, uh, a grip on not just charisma, 
but on uh, on a level-headed understanding of the universe that I think a lot of people don't have a but b try to fake it till they make it and mm -hmm. you just you have you, you you're 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 a figure that comes across as exactly what you say and who you are and so in that I wonder what was that first discomfort like of hearing those words it's still discomfort <laughs> it never goes away it never goes away you just hey man it's with everything there's no way under it. There's no way over it. There's no way around it. Yeah. The way to it is through it. It's the only way, that's the only way to it. So you just gotta suffer. That's what makes it worth it. Then you can sit back and laugh at it, right? All mm -hmm. that suffering, all that, all that embarrassment, all that, all that almost throwing up. Oh, the sweating? Just the sweat, everything, <laughs> all of that. You know, you if you know you gotta do it, do it. The quicker you do it, the quicker it gets done. Sure. And I'm sure you tell your, your kid that, hey, you cry all you want, but the quicker you get this room clean, the quicker you get done. Oh you yeah, we don't, play. I don't do, I'll be like, I'm sorry, I don't understand the, the, the cry yeah, yeah, voice. Yeah. So, I don't yeah, get the yeah, whiny yeah. voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, <laughs> but, but you understand that just, it never goes away. No. All this pain, all this stuff never goes away. That's why I don't react, I just use it. You have to figure out how to use it. Like any, any, like I said, all these emotions, I put them in my pocket. So if I have a acting audition and I need to pull something, I've got plenty and it, yeah. I, I get to let it out that way, right? If I'm got a problem that I'm trying to fix, like right now I've got a problem that I'm trying to fix the speed on my website and it's taking a lot and it's frustrating and it's brutal, but I have not stopped. And I'm close to completing the task. And I got other stuff to do, but I cannot stop until I complete that task and I accomplish this goal because it's relevant and it needs to happen. And it's brutal. It's 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 mind gymnastics. It's you seeing that you went and did all kind of research that you didn't need to do because the solution was simple. It's all of that. Oh yeah. And, but all of that, all of that makes you stronger. It makes you better, it makes you smarter, it makes you more intellectual. It really helps you problem solve. Like like I said, learn how to learn. There's, everybody thinks there's just one way to do things. So if I, like I hate getting long emails. People just, just long, long emails. All you see is a bunch of texts. Okay, I'm not about to read that email. It'll take me <laughs> three, four days to read that email. But I can take that email, dump it in the AI software. Now I keep looking at emails while that email is reading to me. And then I'll go and look at that email and read along with it. And, oh, okay. Oh, because it's reading to me. It's teaching me. Now I'm interested, right? Because mm -hmm. the AI is talking to me with a human voice because i got some with the human voices that are decent, that are not, that really I can stomach, turn it down low. And now I'm reading along with it. It's talking to, I do scripts like that. I dump them in the AI. And now it's telling me by the time I finish listening to it, I know exactly what that story is about. Now the words don't even matter because I know what the story and the scene is about. And I can take something in my pocket. If I'm mad, I could be mad. If I'm sad, I could be sad. If I'm how, wherever I am, same with voiceover. Voiceover, you have the voiceover, you have to be yourself, right? And because I do that, and this is, this is 
just the most brilliant thing about acting for me is that because I do that, I now can channel something from my past, channel something I put in my pocket, and I don't have to be the character. The character becomes me, right? Because if that character is an angry drunk or mad or whatever, whatever anger issue I've had that I got in my pocket that I can apply, that character becomes me. Now I'm realistic with a beer can in my hand. I love right? it. I you love see what it. I'm saying? It's like, yeah, but no, that's 100%. how you gotta do, that's how you gotta do life too sometimes, right? If they're a, hey, you gotta channel things that make you keep, that help you to keep going. And like I said, it's not easy. I'm lazy. I'm I'm the lay. I'm as lazy as they come. But most things I do anyway, even if I'm lazy, I, I just take it slow. I say, hey man, if it's something I really don't want, to do, I'll take it slow. Put one foot in front of the other until I'm moving. Now I'm now I'm going. Now I'm good. And the acting has really helped me. You know, everything that's learned how to learn is trying to find a different way to learn it quickly. Right, because you can learn it quickly. If I this this whole podcast, you could dump in AI software, and now you can get a whole transcript of your whole podcast, put it on all your platforms in the description, and now Google's going to see you when they spiders crawl, and it's going to place you better because Google's going to see what the, our conversation was about, and then Google's going to be like, okay, people that are looking for this type of thing, motivation, or this or this or this, we can place this here, and now they can find you. See, everything leads to everything else. That press release wasn't just about press. That press release was 300. When I dropped that press release, 300 entities picked it up in six hours. 300 TV stations, blog posts, the big boys. And now, but not only, now that's beautiful, but here's the beauty of it. 300 entities. I now have a do follow link from their websites to my websites. Yep. Now my website is elevated because I have the authority now. And now my website is a nuclear power engine for any other website I want to build to link to, to give it power. Absolutely. So now I'm working on DC Glenn to give it power. And then DC Glenn is going to have DC Glenn voiceover, DC Glenn acting, DC Glenn SEO, DC Glenn as pages, then blow that up. But with tag team, if I want to do an event, if we got a car, we got a constant in Shreveport. Now I can do a blog post. We have a constant in Shreveport with a picture. And now, because I can SEO it the proper way and use uh, use um, what's called um, uh, markup, I can mark it up, right? Mm -hmm. And now it's going to show in what's happening in Shreveport. And but you it's also in, when you went on in Shreveport, those... and they're going to see tag team. Yeah, and when you build those little filters out, when you're you know DC Glen Eye, when you, when you're putting all those things out there, yeah. you are it's, it's this beautiful concept that I love, which is. You don't have to raise your hand and be like, hey, I'm over here, look at me. Instead, they're just finding you everywhere they turn. Exactly. And it's intuitive in them that they think they found you when really you found them. And that's what I be trying to tell people. All these <laughs> actors, right? They'll call their agents and be like, man, how come I'm not auditioning for this? How come I'm not auditioning for that? And agents hate that. And they hate it because they tell it to me all the time. It's like this art actor. DC, I wish every actor was like you. Okay. <laughs> But you know why they wish that? Because when I call them, right? I call them and say, hey, I just want to thank you guys for busting your butt for me, man. This is, you know, this is, I appreciate it. 
But I got a question for you. I'm in uh, this class on Monday, this class on Tuesday, this class on Wednesday. I got three classes on Friday. Then I got these workshops. I'm really working hard. Is there a class that I'm missing? Do you know of anything else I could be doing? And they're like, shh, you're doing everything, right? And I'm like, well, cool. Cause I just want to get, cause so, so I appreciate you. I'll holler at you later. So what did I just do? One, I just, just uh, neutralized their anxiety about what is he calling me for, right? Mm -hmm. Two, I let them see me hustle, right? In the form of a question. What I do first? See, the key to it is, is finding the people you, that can do things for you and then letting them see you hustle. You get in front of them. You, you, you stealthily get in front of them. Now, they're like, how'd I do it? I said, I'm doing this, 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 and this. I know I'm doing this, that, 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 and I know it's the bomb. But if I ask, put it in the form of a question, now it's not threatening. I'm not thirsty. I'm not asking them for something. What I'm asking them for is validation that I'm hustling. Yep. You see what I'm saying? You see how oh, yeah. all yeah, that that's why, that's why I said you got a PhD in psychology because you see what I'm saying? And, and and because that happened, now they go harder for me without even knowing it. Because I yeah. call and say thank you every now and then, they go harder for me because I showed them and I let them watch me hustle. I do it with the Martin Agency who makes the Geico commercials. I do it with Geico, right? I know that my social media game, they're watching me. There are every, anybody who I wanna get in front of is gonna be watching me. So now I can impose my will and leave little breadcrumbs for them to follow along to see what I'm doing. And then if I, I can throw something out there to validate it, and like I did, I did when I was on Dan Patrick, I said, yeah, we're gonna do the tag team challenge. We haven't figured it out yet, but it's going to be either a couple of things, but it's going to be dope. Two days later, here come Geico. We want to be a part of that challenge. We, wow. We, we like that. And that's what, that's the, that's, that's, that's the whole point of when they took your idea and didn't have the meeting with you, you know, they took it and ran with it. Right. Mm -hmm. I knew that they were going to do that. Same thing. Here's another one. Here's a good one. Before the pandemic, I'm struggling with commercials. Why am I not getting commercials? Why am I not booking? What's your audition? Let me tweak my audition approach. Because audition is all about improv because they'll be like, well, do this, do that. They're just trying to see things. They don't even know what they want. I said, well, if that's the case. Let me look at the script and create five, six different scenarios, put them in my pocket, practice them. And then if I go to, and then just throw them away. But if I'm in an audition, they say, hey, well, just show me something. Now I don't have to think about it. I could just pick one, right? did that with this Pizza Hut commercial for the first time and I booked, but I didn't get it. Missed out on a hundred grand because the pandemic, I wasn't mad. I was happy because I booked. Yeah. Right. I was, I was happy because my idea worked, which I'm sure you were kind of gratified and you weren't as mad as you could have been, but you were like, I told you it was going to work. They took it, but I told you it was going to work. Yeah. So that's validation that you're doing the right things and you're on the right path. And I did the same thing with the Geico commercial. Where do you think the spinach scoop comes from? Right? Where do you think the sprinkles come? I, 
people are like, aren't you happy you got a Geico commercial? I was like, for the first two days, then it was time to go to work because I'm an actor. So I prepared. I said, I want five, six things that I'm going to take to the director, say, this got to be in this commercial. And they were like, whatever you want to do, DC. I was like, I was trying to make a spin and scoop, but I couldn't make one. So we're, gonna, we're not going to do that. But I got other ideas. Like, no, 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 no. It'll be done tomorrow. I was like, really? Spin and scoop was done. Sprinkles, tons of sprinkles, because I know kids love sprinkles, right? Uh, it's just the variations. I did the salt based sprinkle, LeBron James, older LeBron James, when he goes to score a table, oh, throw yeah. the chalk up. Sprinkles, right? Do a little dance that we do down south. Everybody in the south is going to adore us because we did that dance that they know. Right. Then all the other actors, we they we all professionals. So we all comparing notes and then they all telling me they've done dance routines when we was young and all that. Everybody's having a good time. We balling all day. We just having fun. It is so much fun that we having all day. Right. Because we're not stars. We just I'm, I'm party people. Right. My I've been a DJ since I was a kid, since the beginning of hip hop. And the number one question always at the beginning of hip hop, always and forever will be, can you rock a party? Can you move the crowd? If you can't do that as a DJ, rapper, or just an entertainer or just in life, you're, 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 you're gonna have problems. And I was, I was good at it throughout my life. So now I apply all these little rules to what I do and it's about that. When I come to performance, one of my acting coaches, Crystal Carson, she was just yelling at us like, you guys can change the world and you can do this. She's like, what if you're invited to a party? What are you gonna bring? Everybody's like, uh, like, what are you gonna bring? Uh, some cheese and crackers? No. What are you gonna bring? Um, a bottle of wine? DC, what are you gonna bring? You know what I'm gonna bring? I'm bringing an eye sculpture. I'm bringing a karaoke machine. I'm bringing the turntables. I'm going to DJ. I'm bringing a jungle gym, a bounce gym for the kids. And we're going to barbecue. And we're going to have a good time. That's what I'm bringing to it. She said, that's it. You can't just bring any old thing. You got to bring everything. If you want to roll, you got to bring everything to it. And you got to let the director or the casting agent or anybody see that you bought everything. Bought everything that you could. Or you're not going to get the part. Yeah. And even if you do bring everything and don't get the part, they remember you. Oh, all I, you want to do is be remembered. Exactly. I mean, I was. We're sitting down. My uh, my buddy John, his daughter mm -hmm. is a is a is an up and coming musician, talented yeah. young woman, and we're chatting it up. And John's got this idea, and man, I tell you, it's I, I to see. He can't, he goes, I want my daughter to be successful. She's got to work hard at it. She's, she's, she's singing, she's <clears> working hard. You know, they did a music video, they did all this stuff, but he was, he's watched the industry and he's worked in the industry before. And he goes, I don't want her to get a contract right away. In fact, all I'm working on is building infrastructure and community. I don't yep. want her to have fans. I want her to build a community yep. and I want, and I want, inf I want marketing. I want PR. I just want to know. I don't need the people there per se, but I want the infrastructure there. So when the record company comes and they look and they're like, hey, you're getting radio play. How'd you get radio play? Hey, uh, you're getting, you know, your YouTube views are, man, you've been on there for two weeks and you're at 77,000 views. How'd you do that? And she's not going, oh, I'm just an artist and I don't know how to do these other components. He's making her learn all the components. So she goes in and she goes, no, 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 you're not gambling on me. 
we're partners. Yeah. And from what I'm hearing from you is that the reason your success continued outside of Womp There It Is, and, and I firmly believe that if Womp There It Is never happened, we would still be on this call having this conversation because you've just got a drive. You've got a drive that says, it's, I'm, 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 I'm not finding success, I'm defining success. And that's a different mentality. And I'm, I'm wondering then as the, as the man who is defining success and, and, and tweaking the world and seeing it differently and, 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 and in different ways, when you look back, when DC's sitting there and he's 75 years old and you only have 10 projects going instead of a hundred, <laughs> I believe you're going to work till, till, the, till, the, till the day they put you in and yeah. even then there's going to be a video pop-up that's going to go, hey, wait a second, yeah. you guys close this account and do this real quick, that'd be yeah. great. I wonder in all of this, is your headstone just going to be, you got to go through it to do it? God, it, 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 you know, I care less what my headstone is because all that matters is what I do now, right? Um, for me, you know, like my motto and what I've always lived by mm -hmm. is you give what you want first, right? So that's what I do. People come, man, kids and older people, everybody want to be in the music industry, always running up on me. DC put me in the game, man. Listen to my music, do this, do that. And I'm like, no. I said, but I'll help you. Give me an email. I'm going to send you something. I'm going to send you a book in this file. If you don't like to read, can't read, I'm going to give you a video, right? And I send them that file. And I can tell you 97% of people do not call me back. I said, go read that and then call me back. We'll have a discussion on it, right? And they do not call me back because they all want to be stars. You want to be a star. You're going to, you're going to have, you're going to have, you're going to try to find shortcuts. You're going to not do the work. You're going to think you're doing the work, but you're not doing the work, right? But then lo and behold, somebody will call and do that. And then somebody will call me a month later and say, hey, man, I, I, I've read the book and I understand kind of, but can't, it's like, nah, you, you put forth the effort. I'm going to tell you what it is. Then I tell them and they understand it. Right. And they're like, man, okay. And it's like, okay, but how's that relevant to what I'm, I want to be, you know, perfect example guy from uh, his name's Cordell. He's a Afghan, Afghanistan veteran suffers from post-traumatic stress disorder. So he, he raps just to get it out. He writes just so, just to help him, right? But he was just looking for help from me, so I helped him, and I made him I made him learn what he needed to do. And he was like, well, "Why do I don't I need to go to the clubs? Don't I need to go to book? What am I?" It's like, dude, I just taught you the one thing that gives me confidence that you will never get taken advantage of in the music industry. I gave you the back end first, not the front end. Yeah. Not the cars, the stars, the, the women. I didn't give you, I don't even care about that. I gave you the back end. So when you coming off your trajectory, if you had a hit record or if you had just a mediocre record, that you will have all of your rights intact and you will own them. So you can, even if you have a mediocre record, always eat off your record. Yeah. I gave you the back end first, not the front end. And he was like, oh. And he's like, man, thank you. 
I was like, yeah, man, because I wish somebody had told me that, right? Because it's all about music publishing. If you don't know music publishing, you can forget about it. Music publishing is everything because you can have a biggest hit record, but now if you're splitting 50-50 and somebody else gets administration, then you probably will never get any, get a dime. But they camouflage it in terms that you don't know. And then you get taken advantage of, right? And then you try to fight a record company and you think you're doing it because you made a little bit of money, but you forget that record companies have long money. You got short money and they do this. They know how to wheel and deal and, and string you along and bleed you till you become, you know, till you don't have no money, till you got to go to work again. It's like you were never, ever a star again. And I tell you this because I went through that, right? But I still made money, right? I'm always going to make money because I'm a hustler. I got, yeah. I got eight hustles in the hole. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I'm going to do this, right? But at the same time, it's like, I'm doing you a disservice if I don't tell you that one thing. That's all I'm gonna tell you. And then you ready to go to the next thing? Cool. And then I'm like, join Aiba. Then you can start getting some shows, start talking to people, networking. That's another thing. I said, oh, you wanna learn? Well, then you gotta get a tutor, right? Where can I get a tutor at? I'm like, dude, you know, before that was a hard, before the pandemic was a hard question, but because of the pandemic, see the pandemic changed everything. Pandemic made things fall in your lap that you, that I can't, I couldn't even, I could never see. <clears throat> There's a site called wiseant.com, right? It's a tutor site, tutors. And the thing about this pandemic, half the teachers didn't go back to, to, to school because they're like, I'm not about to be around them nasty ass kids, <laughs> right? And, and that forced them to say, how am I gonna make money though? Well, I can tutor. I can tutor these kids online as opposed to being in school with them and teaching them and being around them and being forced to do it. And now people will pay me to tutor their kid just to keep them in the game because I'm a Harvard professor. I'm, I'm a teacher that I've been doing for 40 years. You got all these people who are now on this platform who are making tons of money tutoring. I said, go find a tutor and learn how to use, do your music. Go find a tutor and learn how to write music. Go find a tutor, do how to do anything you wanna learn how to do. I got tutors for music theory, I got two for music uh, production. Anything I want to learn now, I can go to Wise Ant and find somebody that know how to do it that been teaching it for years and they'll teach me. Another way, learn how to learn. Learn how to learn. You see I, what I'm I saying? Love it. I mean, it, no, but listen, my buddy, uh, he's a he's a rapper in uh, in Atlanta. His name's Shaw. Uh -huh. He got paid, he decided one time because his manager told him and he learned how to learn. He got paid in Bitcoin. Yeah. And he was like, and this was, you know, eight years ago. Yeah. And the guy's like, listen, man, just do this one gig, do a couple gigs, but let me tell you something. Learn about Bitcoin, learn about crypto. You might want to get paid in it. He's like, fine, get me paid a couple times in Bitcoin in these, you know, dollars, dollars to Bitcoin, you know, let's yeah. just do it. And you talk to him now, you know what I mean? Yeah, Shaw's big in India. That's where he's from. And he does, he's, you know, he does a great job rapping in Atlanta and Toronto as well. But you talk to him, you don't, you don't talk to him and hear him just talk about his rap game. He's talking about business. He's talking about learning. He's, he's talking about understanding the game at a different level, which is a game of knowledge, not a, and knowledge turns into acquisition, which is not a game of make me famous. Hey, Jay, where's the pretty girls around me? If we're going to, I mean, he came to Austin and we were going to do a couple shows. And I remember I told him, uh, I was like, Hey, you know what I, I, I love about, 
stand-up comedy and where I think the music industry has kind of gone astray is as big as Joe Rogan is, he still does a show with a hundred people and he's still right there. And yeah. sometimes people remove themselves. Like I said, you know, years ago, it was probably six years ago, uh, we snuck Ludacris into, into Austin and we had him perform at a place that was only 200 people. And we're standing on the side and I'm, you know, and I just told the owner, I said, just make the place packed. I might have a DJ in there and then Luda, you know, someone might pop up, didn't even give the name. And we're standing on the side and he goes, hey, Jay, I just don't think I want to, you know, I mean, come on, man, I do arenas. I said, that's fine. I go, you know what? You got your DJ in there and they think uh, that's the special show. And he goes, what? And I go, I go they think that's the special, don't worry about it, man. Just enjoy the music then, we'll just kick, kick it. He goes, hold on a second. Pulls out his phone. He goes, you, you got the microphone? I go, yeah. He goes, all right. Puts his phone on record and he goes, watch this. And I turn, I go, you know, do the little notion, Mike's hot, hand it to him. We're in this dark hallway and there's a little corner and maybe this little stage that holds four dudes, mm -hmm. two with the DJ set up, right? Him and his DJ. And behind the scenes is DJ spinning and you just hear him go, move, bitch, get out the way. Yeah. And everyone knew the DJ didn't spin that. And he popped around the corner and that rush of energy, that excitement, and, and getting close to his fans and really people who weren't even as, but just knew the song, that energy. He did five songs. He comes off and he goes, take me to another spot. Let's do this again. Yeah. And it was, it was the, it was the engagement. It was, it was the touch. It was the feel. And I bring all that up to ask you in a pandemic, you figured out a way to reach people through hard work and dedication to your craft and everything else. The Geico commercial comes. It didn't land in your lap. Work built it. You know, the, the luckiest guys work the hardest. Breadcrumbs. <laughs> That's the how it happened. I lay breadcrumbs because if you if they can't find you, they might have four of the rappers and they might do two attempts and they can't find you. Then they're gonna go to the next one. Exactly. And you did it. And I wonder, you know in all of that from connection from doing the songs to being able to connect during COVID, what, um, what part of you allows you to connect at such a high level? Because it seems like, I mean, I watched my, my kid, I told her I was gonna talk to you. I mean, she's seven, she's in bed, it's 8.20. She's in bed, but she was like, dad, can I stay up? I'll sit, I'll be real quiet. I just, I just wanna see him. Dad, please, 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 come on, Dad. Dad, can I say hi to him? I go, honey bear, you gotta go to bed. You, you go to bed at like 6.45, you know, Dad's strict. You, <laughs> I'll come and give you a kiss. She goes, okay, but it's just, he's, they're, they're just, it's so cool. They're just, so, you can see he's so nice. Look at his smile. Look, Dad, how do you, is that natural in you or do you work at that connection? Because I know some people it's natural. Other people, they Man. pull it out. It's terrifying. <laughs> it is. You're, you're asking me. Yeah, no, I love it. When I walk on the stage, I'm terrified. Short of breath. When I go on set, I'm terrified. I'm scared of everything I do, man, because the forces of doubt are working with, you know, the saboteurs there. I know he's there. He's trying to sabotage me a little bit. And that's, we all got that, right? So I'm choosing to tell you the truth, right? But people that look at me be like, dude, you have a talent and um, a, a will and a, and I'm like, I don't see it because I'm in it, right? So 
that part of it's true, but you know, we had a show a week ago in Jacksonville, Florida. First show in year and eight months. And it was brutal, right? And we got through it. And I had the dilemma all day was how do I do should I do scoop, right? How can I do it and it be acceptable? Or how where it don't look corny or just look like two old dudes doing their like how do I do it the right way? Mm-hmm. And I was like, just go for it. And I told the promoter, I said, make sure we're in a state fair. There's ice cream around. Make sure I got a bowl of ice cream 25 minutes into the show. Because we did whoop and then we left and then came back. And I'll come back and I'm eating a bowl of ice cream. And it threw me off because it was good. And I was sweating. I was hot and I'm eating ice cream now. I'm just like, and everybody's looking like, and this is like 3,000 people. They're like, wait a minute. Are they? What? No. And I'm like, what am I forgetting, y'all? I'm forgetting something. What am I forgetting? And everybody's like, school, you know, just have these sporadic scoops, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, and I just yell, what am I forgetting? They just start, they they went into a stadium chant of scoop, there it is, which is probably one of the top five performances as far as audience blowback, blowing my hair back away just because they're so loud mm-hmm. that I've ever been a part of in the history of everything I've ever done. Wow. And I'm sitting on a stool and I'm like, whoa, okay. All right. Like, man, I don't know if I want to stop eating ice cream perform this thing for y'all. And I was like, you know what? Let me put my ice cream down. And then Steve just pushed the button. It was like, Tasha. And then it just erupted. And I didn't even, we didn't have to sing. They sang it. And man, and then after it was, it was only 30 seconds. I just did the commercial because I was stressed about how do I extend it and why can't I get an instrumental and blah, all these things that had meant nothing. They heard the commercial and then in the end, I was doing like an open thing, like y'all get sprinkles and y'all get sprinkles. <laughs> and they went nuts. And it's one of the best, it's one of the best little five minutes I've ever done in my life. And and then the next morning, I don't know how I did it. You go to work. I don't know how I did that. I have no idea how I did that. I just did it, right? But isn't that and it? I mean, isn't that so you, much. though, DC? Isn't huh? that you? You just did it. That's you, I though. did it. I, I don't know. You know, everybody thinks Whoop There It Is was some rocket science project where we had whiteboards and theorems and geometry. And you know what I mean? It was just a song about partying on a Friday night. It was that's. It's just sometimes things are simple. And they work better because they're simple, because everybody can understand them, right? But is it, but hold on, I'm gonna challenge you on that because is it simple or is it that you worked hard enough to make it look simple? Because I'd say you worked hard enough to make it look simple. I said the whole process was simple because all it was is us making a song. Yeah. There was no grand scheme. We made tons of songs. That's what we did when we were kids. We just want, we just love making music. Mm-hmm. So we make a song, then make another song. Got five songs we're working on. You're just making songs, you're having fun. Let's do this. You want to be rock stars, but the fun about it is making songs, figuring out drum machines, new drum machines, getting new equipment, having fun, boom, 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 testing it out in the club because I'm a DJ, seeing what works, what don't. That's the fun part, the work. The work is the fun part. Absolutely. Right? But whoop, there it is, could have been 10 different records. That If you let me think, if you let me tell it, right? Mm-hmm. But that was the one that was the right record at the right time in the right space and time. And it, you know, when I left the club, 
the month and a half we were platinum, right? How does that happen? This is back when they were selling records. Be different <laughs> oh, if it was today, because you got everybody's on platform. This was, we sold a million records in a month and a half, right? And now I'm in concerts and doing stadiums a month and a half from being in a DJ club, DJ at a club, right? So I don't think about it. I just keep pushing. If Jordan shoots 20 shots and misses 19, is he gonna quit? He gonna keep shooting. Then he's gonna hit, he might shoot 30 more, shoot 30 more shots and miss 29 again. Yeah. But then he's gonna shoot one, he's gonna shoot two, he's gonna shoot, wait a minute, he's got five in a row. Wait a minute, Jordan's been hot for the last three years. You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Like he didn't stop, he kept going. He shot his way out of it. And that's what I do, I work my way. I know that I have to get through it to get to it. And if it's gonna be brutal, painful, whatever it is, man. Now, when you were doing Whoop There It Is, when it was taken off, were you still DJing at the strip clubs? No, I gave my two week notice. But you, but you, you, cause I'm just, I'm thinking in my mind, like there's this funny bit in my mind mm -hmm. that all of a sudden at the strip club, DC is more popular than all the girls on stage. <laughs> no, 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 no. But see, it's never, it has never ever been like that. Cause I don't carry myself like that. I know you don't, but I'm just thinking of the music. Like, it's just like, oh. Nah, man. I'm telling you, people don't look at it that way when you act that way, when True. you act humble. And they love your music, but they give you your space, mm -hmm. right? Perfect example, the gym the other day, old school trainer, he finally seen me after a while and he just, he's the most quiet, reserved dude. And me and him are good friends, you know, in, in the gym. I might know five people in that gym. And he lost it when he saw me and he couldn't even help it. And I knew he couldn't help it. And he was like, everybody look, and he just start telling everybody, right? But then something funny happened that really shocked me is that everybody was like, I know, we know, we know who he is. And I was like, and I was like, wow. That the, I know people were looking at television like, I know that dude from somewhere. I know him from, they probably went through one or two weeks just like, I know that dude from somewhere. That's the dude that's at the gym. He's at the gym. And they just like, wow, I've been seeing him for years, right? Didn't even know he did that, right? And that respect of them not running up on me and just letting me come in and work out means everything to me. And they Absolutely. could, I would, I would talk to him and everything, but they didn't, right? And he wouldn't have, but he was just so proud and he couldn't help himself. And I know people can't help themselves and I, I treat them graciously because they know me and they know I'm not gonna act funny. Mm -hmm. They know I'm not now, you know, there are people who just lose it too much to where you just be like, all right, dude, or you just, if it get that bad, I just leave, right? I'll do a couple sure, of sessions, sure. I'm just leaving, go to another gym, right? Cause I got, you know, I can do that, but it never, it rarely ever happens. So my whole, I've learned to be very ambidextrous when it comes to, to fame, right? Like I know how to move in stealth. I know how to go to a club and not be seen. Right, I know what to do because all you got to do is don't act like a star. It's that simple. You black, you dress plain. I don't have no fancy car. I used to. I, I did all that when I was young. <laughs> I don't crave. I don't crave. I, I despise the things I used to love when I was young. Right. What I love now is what I'm doing. 
new frontiers. That's another thing the pandemic's done too. We all stand in a new frontier. You can make mm -hmm. your own lanes and it's yours. It's, you can make your whole future custom, right? You can make it custom because you had a whole year to prepare for that. But most people sitting back, waiting for it to get back the way it used to be. And they're gonna keep sitting there waiting for it to get back the way it used to be. Cause it's not coming back. It's not coming back. But you know, I think that's the, man, if there's two things I'd take away from this conversation, right? Is, is A, you know, you, you, you want it, you gotta go through it, right? You, you, you gotta learn, you gotta learn and you gotta learn to learn. And then two, which I find fascinating is you actually, you've taken a global pandemic and what I think everyone should have done, and I know it's hard and I'm not saying it's easy folks, but you've done it and others have, and I've been blessed to work with some of those other people is you've turned it into a positive. You've turned it into a, a way to grow and, and a way to spend time with yourself and, and a way to evolve. And, you know, that, that, that mindset, and I want people to hear this, that mindset doesn't come with money. That mindset comes with work. That mindset comes with a desire to learning to learn. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. You know I mean? I would say one thing, if there's an AI tech person out there, get with DC, because he's going to send someone the, this book and then you're going to follow up with a line of code and it's going to be called the saboteur. And it's going to, they're going to be like, did you click on that link? No, not yet. Oh, that's a saboteur talking. That's cool. Don't worry yeah. about it. You know, oh, did you do this? Did you read that yet? Did you listen to it yet? Oh, well, a saboteur talking. Don't worry about it. No, no. Listen, if you want to be run by the saboteur, you can. I like that you allow people, a lot like David Goggins, you know, he lets people inside of the saboteur. He's sitting there, I'm on the watching this video. He's looking at his jacked up feet and he's like, man, I don't want to run. I hate you feet. I don't want to go. And David, of course, is very articulate in, in his verbiage. You know, but he does it. And, and I think, you know, people need to take that away that it's not money, it's not fame. It's a mindset to learn to learn. Yeah, it's you. It's you. Right? It's, and it's, how hard is that? How you, hard huh? is it to, to, to own it on you? I mean, I think too many people pass it off. Too many people want to blame something else. Too many people want to point to something else. Too many people want to look somewhere else. They don't want to look at, they don't want to look in the mirror and go, it's you. Oh, Here I we know are. it's me. I, and I, I love saying it. Like I said, I love to be wrong. I don't care. I don't care admitting when I've done something stupid. I don't care. It's it's the only way you're going to get past it is to just, accept, you know, accept it. And it's just too many people. It's just too many people that I I, I don't even understand. I, I can't even try to wrap my head around it. All I know is I just try to control what I do. Sure. And like I said, David Goggins, man, he, he, he helped me at a time in my life where I needed help. Right? Really? I mean, I mean, hey man, when I heard Dave Goggins on Joe Rogan mm -hmm. and then just looking at his, his, you know, looking at his story and stuff like that and just knowing that he, knowing that he makes it seem easy what he does, but what he does is so hard that he is on the brink of death most days of his life. Yeah. That right there is his elixir. Right. And you have to get on that level to where something like that is that for you. I love the pain of all of it because it's become nothing. Right. 
Him running them 100 miles, I can never do that. Right? And I'm saying that. I can never do that. I would never try. Right? <laughs> but I'm going to do other things that other people say, I can never do that. Because they tell me that all the time. I lost 100 pounds, man. I was 370, 370 pounds. And I never, it, 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 I always carried it well because I'll work out, whatever. But I was just, I love to eat. And, but then it started being a health thing. Mm-hmm. It was like, all right, it's time to drop it. And called the doctor, was like, hey, man, give me some pills. I know you got some pills. <laughs> just ignorant about it, right? And he was like, no, nah, we're not doing pills. We're going to do, we're going to do keto, but I'm not going to see you for a couple of weeks. I was like, okay, cool. And I went and found everything I could about keto and just started. And by the time I got to my doctor, I lost 15 pounds. I lost 15 nice. pounds in two weeks, right? Then I just, once I made up my mind, I just kept going and I lost a hundred pounds. And then the pandemic awesome. messed me up, but it's okay. Cause I know now it's a lifestyle. Now I, I re-engineered food and everybody was telling me why they couldn't, they would see me losing weight. And they're like, man, I can't do that because of this. And I was like, I go through that too, but here's my solution for it. I actually got five solutions for it. So every time somebody was telling me that they can't do something, I come up with two, three solutions that for a reason why you can, right? 100%. And the hardest part was you get you hit a wall. Like everybody's like, you get this keto flu and you get sick and that's what make you stop. And I'm like, nah, you just hydrated. You just got to drink water. Yep. Tons yep. of water when you in the first two weeks. You got to drink as much water as you can so you don't get hot dehydrated. And then once you do that, your body switches metabolism and then it falls off. I was looking like a Sharpay dog because <laughs> I was losing so much rapid weight because I know how it works, right? It, it changes your metabolism. Now the fat is the fuel. And then all the fat cells open and then it's just all that liquid is released and all that fat just melts, right? And it, it I lost I lost 100 pounds in six months. Wow. And I was good, right? And then I had, I had to have back surgery. I had back surgery, it was a success. And the pandemic came and I fell in love with Frosted Flakes again. And it just, and, and you'd be, so I gained about 40 pounds back, but then now I'm back down again and I can maintain, but I know how to, now my whole lifestyle is that I cook for that. That's how I cook. I cook, I cook everything is keto. I don't eat pasta no more. I rarely eat bread. I might eat a little rice, but everything is just vegetables and meats, right? I've learned how to cook fried chicken with no car, with four grams of carbs on a keto diet, you have 20 grams. If you're going hardcore, you can have 20 grams a day of carbs, right? Normally we have 500 grams of carbs. You see what I'm saying? I can have oh, I do. I just, beginning of April, I started. Yeah. I was and hitting it a little too hard, getting yeah. a little too tight. Yeah, a little too hard. And, and, and if you can find an excuse, it makes it even more pleasurable to hit it hard. I mean, just oh, yeah. to, to do wrong, right? So I, I, was, I was hurt because I really wanted fried chicken. And it was pissing me off. And I was like, Ugh. and I was like, okay, how can we cook fried chicken? Well, fried in olive oil. That'll help. And well, let's see how much, what are different ways you can do it? Well, you can do them naked. Then you just got the olive oil and, and your seasonings in the chicken. There are no carbs that way. Well, how much is, uh, let me see how much cornstarch and flour is. Tablespoon of flour or cornstarch is only four grams of carbs. So you can put a tablespoon of cornstarch in the bag. You know those real good Chinese chicken wings? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta have cornstarch. That's, that's, that's are you using club it. soda as well? Huh? You don't even club gotta soda? use club soda. You don't even gotta you don't even gotta do that. You it's wet. What? You just throw it in there and it's wet. It's a wet coating, right? Mm -hmm. 
And as soon as the 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 chicken hits the grease, it puffs up, and now you got fried chicken, and you cook it for ten minutes, and now you got fried chicken, and you can have fried chicken in a salad and be done, and that's that you good. And then I just because I do these kale salads, and then I'll do broccoli and cheese, and then and then I was like, I'm do Miss Pizza, and I was like, you know what? They have a flour, they have a low carb flour tortilla. It's only six grams of carbs. Everything now is about the ingredients. So you get your little rack, your little parchment paper, put your sauce on, good, good buffalo mozzarella, the real stuff. Oh yeah, Italian sausage, pepperoni. Now I have a thin crust Pizza Hut pizza that I can eat anytime with a salad, and that's my meal. And as I, I, there's only six grams of carbs in that meal. I dropped it like that. See, I, I'm with you. Like I. Going out, like I, I cook for myself now. And I yeah, do, yeah, 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 I rarely go out. I but do, then, you know, pandemic, you just like, you, go you gotta learn how to cook. I, like doing that. I, I treat my kitchen like chopped, right? I walk in, I'm like, what am I gonna have today? It's keto, yeah. it's keto, it's keto. I did a fried chicken, but I took a a, a ghost pepper dusted almonds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two grams of carbs. I did that too. Just, I, did all those, up. I did all those keto tricks, right? But they oh, never yeah. worked. And they, they, you know, you they, they're, everything's edible. But man, all you gotta do is count the carbs. And if that, whatever it is that you just gotta come up with those combinations, you gotta re-engineer the food. Exactly. People are like, well, but you can't, you're gonna be spending a lot of money on olive oil because the burn point is, is the, the worst. And I'm like, no, because I got a big vat with a big cone and a strainer. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that chicken comes out, I strain that olive oil. I got clean grease for 15 fries. Yep. And after seven fries, it starts becoming seasoned. So I don't even gotta season the chicken. You see what I'm saying? It gives oh, no, yeah, yeah. like the thing. How much do you like to cook, with. DC? How much huh? do you like to cook? How much do you like to cook? Well, I've been cooking since, like I said, my, I was my mother's prep cook. I was shucking peas and stemming collard greens since I was five years old, right? Oh man. My mom had me cooking since I was a kid. And all the all the ladies in my family had me cooking since I was a child. So I cook better than most people's mamas already. But then as I grew up and I always worked in college. I worked under in real good restaurants under executive chefs, and then they taught me the culinary way of doing things. So I mixed the culinary way with soul food and all the ways I knew how to do things. Now I do I do pastrami, gyro meat, corned beef, Philly cheese steaks, but I use a low carb tortilla, and that's the bread. And it ends up being like a kind of a quesadilla. You can make it soft or hard. Mm-hmm. If I want to have nachos, I take the quesadilla, not the quesadilla, but the the flour tortilla cut it up in little pieces, deep fried in the olive oil. Now I got chips that I can throw hamburger meat on and everything else, which has no carbs. Now I'm having nachos, right? You can do, and and these are the little things that help you get through it. I'm waiting for the DC cooking show. I'm waiting for the DC cooking show. Hey, but that's coming too. I'm being pitched for cooking shows, talking shows. I'm about to to go on the road for motivational speaking. I turned down a couple because I just, don't you know i felt guilty doing the show in last monday but they were giving away free covid shots at the show i love right? it i'm like that's the way back so man i gotta get i gotta get out of here man no dc i know man i appreciate your time let me close with this please if you don't mind yeah. and i i talked about it real quick at the beginning but it's it's i think it's important to say again you know we can go to the store we can buy some flour tortillas we can go get a loaf of bread we can go get some milk eggs it can go bad. And the cool thing is we can go back to the store and go buy some more if we need to. You can mm-hmm. go get one of those 
pesky avocados. It's yeah. never ripe until you want it, and then it's bad. But yeah. go back and try the experiment again. Yep. But we'll never get this time back. And so nah. for you to not know me personally, to, to respond to an email mm -hmm. and to spend an hour and a half with me talking, to spend your time, something you'll never get back with me, means the world. And it should be in the world of the people that are listening as well, because the insight and what you brought to this, this conversation is, is, is mind blowing. It really is not because of its complexity, but because of its simplicity and its drive. And it's, and it's the fact that you live it. You're not, mm -hmm. you didn't win the lotto and then you're starting to tell people how to make money. You did it. You've always had eight fingers and eight different pies. You've always worked hard at everything you've done. And you, and you know, to, to learn, to learn that process is, is, I mean, it's something that, you know, I hope people save this and, and listen to it over and over again. But more importantly, I just say thank you again for your time, sir. I, I really do mean that. Um, you know, uh, I will say after this show, the next day, when after it airs, I'll, I'll send you an email. It'll mm -hmm. have the top countries, it'll have the top cities, and it'll have some random cities in there just okay. for fun. Just kind of see where, where people are listening and what's going on. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Uh, but, and then there's just, um, with, with your permission, there's a, a celebrity chef that I know that does a show called From Scratch. I'd like to introduce mm -hmm. you to him. I think you guys could have some fun together. He's okay. a personal chef for some celebrities and, and uh, uh, athletes, but he's also just a really, really good person uh, that okay. I think you'd have some fun doing some stuff. And, and who knows what might pass out? Cause I know, cause man, hearing you talk about now, I'm, I'm hungry, I haven't eaten yet today. I'm, I'm trying to do like hey man, one meal a day. <laughs> but uh, now, now my mind's spinning. Now I've got to go get some hey food man. in me. But DC, that's, that's the part, that's part of time I love cause I get to just wind down and four o'clock comes around, I get to go do it again. Love it, man. I love it, man. Well, I appreciate you, so you much, having sir. me. And to all your listeners, thank you. Just hearing the brother out. All right, peace. Appreciate you very much. You have a wonderful day. And thank you again, sir. I really appreciate the time. You got it, man. Take care. Take care. All right, cool.